This episode is brought to you by Precisely, the CLM platform setting a new standard for digital contracting. For more info, go to precisely.contracts.com slash LDB. Welcome to Legal Design Podcast. We are your hosts, Nina Toivonen and Henna Tolvanen. Today, we meet with Teemu Oksanen, who works as general counsel at Futurize to talk about creating ecosystems for implementing technology into legal work. Teemu is a forerunner when it comes to legal tech. With his team, he has automated legal work and even created a robot to help non-lawyers understand what law is about and how to use it in everyday business life. Tune in to hear how to take the quantum leap in legal with the help of human-centric design and technology. So my name is Teemu Oksanen and uh, I've been working at Futuris for about six years now. And for those of you who may not have heard of us before, Futuris is an digitalization consultancy and uh, we bring together strategy, uh, design, engineering and data to help our client organizations to take control of their futures. Uh, We have offices here in Finland and also in Germany, Sweden and the UK. And um, my title here is a general counsel, but I usually describe myself as a janitor of the group because as as GC, (laughs) you have to know all the corners of the company to keep the house functioning and prevent any major damage from happening. And you have to know a little little about everything as people tend to contact you when they don't know who else to contact. And also listening to the discussions at the at the courtyard or in our case the espresso machine is all of, of vital importance to do the job and sometimes you also have to chase away the kids behaving badly at the courtyard <laughs> <laughs> but yeah for, first and foremost I also consider myself as a legal geek and uh, I have always been interested in technology and um, and being responsible for all the legal matters here here at Futuris, I, of course, want to take advantage of it myself, uh, helping me, my team, uh, and, and my colleagues. And yes, nowadays, even real janitors take advantage of modern technology at their work, so why wouldn't we, <laughs> as lawyers, do the same? Yes, it's a great example. I love the introduction and actually it really fits well for the general counsel role. True. So welcome to the podcast demo. Thank you. Um, our agenda for today is to discuss the role of technological solutions in creating better working environments, especially for lawyers and their clients, but also for other people who are involved in these uh, systems of work. Um, for many businesses today, it is pretty self-evident, I would say, that in order to bring uh, their operations to the next level or even just to meet the expectations in the market today, businesses have to invest in new technological tools. But no tool, of course, solves a problem if it's not designed to address the actual needs of the organization and especially the people who who use those tools in their everyday work. So it's not just the technological advancement we need, but perhaps also improvement in the way we think and approach about our problems. 
the reality in many organizations, uh, especially in the public sector, I think, talking from my own experience, is that yet the right tools to address the issues already do exist somewhere in this world. Uh, the operations are not mature enough to take the required quantum leap towards more meaningful and more efficient ways of working. So Temo, from your experience, what kind of obstacles do you see in your daily work regarding the implementation of new technology, technologies, especially in the legal sector? What holds us back from going to the next level? Uh, that's a good question. Um, if I had to select one word, then that would probably be the habits. Mm -hmm. we, we people tend to be super reluctant to, uh, to, to change the ways we are working, even if the change as such would make our lives easier. And even if we actually knew that uh, the change is for good. Um, a good example of this was when uh, we at Futurist changed the platform uh, where we drafted and signed our employment contracts. Um, on the previous platform that we had, our HE people, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, we call our, uh, uh, our HR, we call them human care. So that's why it's HE. Uh, they still had to do a lot of word-like editing there. Uh, for each contract, like choosing the right clauses and deleting, deleting the, um, the clauses that were not needed and so on. And we had agreed upon adopting a new questionnaire-based platform for the, for the employment contracts. But the launch actually took several months, as my BC HE mm -hmm. colleagues always say that, hey, I will still do this one more contract with the old system, as I know how it's done there. At the end, <laughs> That's at so the, typical. Yeah, exactly. At the end, I actually informed them that the old platform will be closed in a month. So better start using the new one now. And at the end of the day, they did say that the new system uh, was way better than the old one. But the change itself was was just in a way a big step for them and that was the obstacle select another word uh, then i would select uh, or two words user experience mm -hmm. um, it is it's also about how we try to answer the need for the for the change for instance um, many of the early uh, contracting platforms uh, were uh, or i think they were either made by people with engineering background or they were targeted mainly at, at lawyers and they really were not that intuitive uh, they were not made for the end users but just tried to come somehow kind of mimic the process that that light in in lawyers or the engineers minds so so i would say user experience is also or, or used to be uh, kind of an obstacle for this but i think that we have we have actually took uh, those uh, those huge leaps uh, in technology now that 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 there is also more emphasis on the user experience. Yes, so it's habits and the problems with the user experience. Yeah. Um, how to address these two issues in real life? What should organizations pay attention to in order to create work environments where? old habits could be 
mm. um, um, overtaken with new ones and mm. kind of created social ecosystems that are more ready to adapt to the yeah. necessary change and where the user experience point of view would be taken into account early enough. Yeah, I, I, I think one important thing here is, is actually not to think legal tech as, as legal, as just legal tech, as mm -hmm. just something that boosts, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> something that boosts your, uh, your legal team's efficiency or, or put through or, or, or whatever. Instead, I actually think that, uh, that uh, I know you are, you are big fans of legal design because you have this podcast, but mm -hmm. I actually think that, that legal tech and legal design actually go very much hand in hand. Yep. Yes. And, and for instance, I, I have an example. For instance, one pride of our legal team is our, uh, our so-called NDA robot, a very simple, uh, simple kind of um, tool that we built for, uh, for ourselves. At the heart, of course, it is a stack of different technologies. There is type yeah. form, precisely, Zephyr, Slack, those all connected through, through their APIs. But of course, that, that is not something that the, the end user sees. They don't see the technology and there is no even need for them to understand or, uh, or, or see the technology. They see an easy interface that just simply works and lets them to concentrate on their real business, like, like their, their own work that brings in the money to the house. I, I may, of course, myself, I'm, I'm the creation, creator of, of, the, of the NDA robot at the end of the day. I may see it as legal tech tool, but they mm -hmm. see it first and foremost as legal design. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And that's a great way to put it, actually. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm already loving this discussion, even though it's been like five minutes or something. But you had a really good point that I mean, legal tech shouldn't be for lawyers. I mean, it's mm -hmm. sometimes it's so easy to think that, oh, legal tech, it, that is just something for lawyers. But it was a great example that you mentioned that you've been working with your HC mm. and actually involving the end users because we should really have more people than just lawyers to, when mm. we develop something. So if we look at um, the collaboration from a little different angle, Mm -hmm. uh, do you think legal players should collaborate more when creating ecosystems for technological development? Because I think we could actually be a lot further technical-wise as an industry and a profession if we focused more on working together instead of reinventing the wheel individually one by one. Mm -hmm. And um, do you think this collaboration is ever going to happen or are we lawyers just too keen to keep our innovations to ourselves so no one steals our thunder. Mm. I, I think you're also right on the point here. Uh, uh, from my perspective, many of us, and, and by us I mean lawyers, uh, we still think that, that somehow we are able to put that little magical secret ingredient to each of, <laughs> of the contracts we're working on. But honest, yep. honestly, honestly, I think we're not that bad that special or or at least i can admit that uh, that perhaps i'm not um yeah i think there are good examples uh 
on the other hand, uh, kind of we have been progressing on on this front also as lawyers. One of the um, one of the best examples actually of such kind of new ways of working, new collaborative uh, model is, uh, is is one NDA if you have heard of it, a, a project where where a group of legal professionals made kind of a, a general uh, NDA template as a crowdsourcing project. Uh, the idea is that that the the one NDA template it should be balanced. Um, so so there is only need uh, to to fill in or even negotiate certain fields such as as for example the jurisdiction of course otherwise it is always and must always remain in in its standard form so no one should use time to actually negotiate or even review it because at the end of the day an nda seldom brings in any business for for the company and and no lawyer i would say likes reading those NDAs. So if you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you haven't checked it, uh, I really suggest you to go to, to I think it's one NDA.org or something like that. It's, it's, it, I, I think it's a great project. And uh, from my own perspective, I have also tried to open up my, my kind of legal tech stack in, in several events as a speaker uh, or, or to anyone just, just happening to ask me. Unfortunately, I don't think we have too much time uh, now to do it on, on, on this pod, but uh, let's say it's not a secret that we have built some of our tools, for example, on top of your sponsor precisely. And, uh, and I'm happy to share more details about it to anyone if, if, if someone wants to discuss about it. I think sharing thoughts on, on how to make our, our lives easier it is just collegial and, and, and does not take anything from me other, other than perhaps uh, some of my time. But, but uh, I, I also value the discussion with my colleagues. So, so just reach me out on Twitter or LinkedIn uh, if, you, if you're interested. That's really nice because I really do think that we all should collaborate more because, I mean, in the end of the day, we shouldn't think ourselves, but we should think the client. And if we develop something together, then it would benefit the client side. Exactly. And, and uh, kind of, in a way, I think the lawyer's work is to serve the world in general, at least to some extent. So Exactly. Yeah. It's a customer service <laughs> professional. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. And when we're talking about creating the ecosystem, it's really difficult to work efficiently if other people are not working efficiently as well. Mm. So I think sharing information and knowledge and experiences, like in this podcast and also in social media or whatever forum you, you choose, it's like part of that because then other people kind of get this incentive to, to figure out better ways of working as well. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Precisely, a contract management lifecycle tool helping enterprises to scale their contracting in a sustainable way. Precisely automates every aspect of your contracting workflow, so a legal professional like you will be able to focus on making better decisions and leaving the office on time. So let's move on to talking about 
more concrete examples of, of legal tech tools that you have um, been mm. working with, Demo. So um, working as a general counsel for Futuris, um, like you said, a company that specializes in digital transformation, mm. uh, you must have many interesting case examples and ideas on how to successfully process through a legal tech project. And we have at least heard that at Futurisa, you have organized a contract negotiation and management cycle pretty impressively also using AI. Would you like to share with us about that? Uh, yeah, uh, I already mentioned our, our NDA robot, for example. I really think that is kind of our current gem, so to speak. It, it just really works for, for everyone's advantage. It's, it makes... It makes uh, us or our lives as lawyers or our legal team easier but it, it at the end of the day it really helps um, helps our business people to do their work and it's also kind of it's it's also some somehow kind of forefront on on how we do things at futurist so so an easy solution for for sometimes even kind of easy uh, low kind of low-hanging uh, problems that just have to be done uh, to make our lives easier. And once again, uh, I, I must emphasize that it's all about legal design. So um, no tool, I think, can help you if you if you try to make everything full of legalese language that your business people just don't understand. Uh, even if you aut automate your contract, you will still use a lot of your own time uh, in negotiating the contracts if the business people don't understand the end, end results of your, for example, your automation project, so the, so the contract. So to be honest, I think many of our legal tech projects here at Futurist have, they have actually started with doing the very basic thing, which is kind of checking our own templates and making them understandable and as I said, also also balance for the both parties involved. Um, when the templates as such are ready to be shared, then they can be automated to, for example, in, a, uh, in, in our case, it's precisely. And, mm -hmm. and suddenly you see that you have to cut the time uh, or you, you have managed to cut the time that legal has to spend in negotiating the contract as now the business can handle it. They can make it, but they can also negotiate it because they understand what's the, what, what it says in yeah. the contract in a way. Yeah, it's 10 times easier to negotiate something when you actually understand the context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, automating the contract, it would, it's, it's, of course, it's nice to have that PDF, but if you send it to the client, you don't understand it, the client don't understand it the problem will come back to the legal table. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, Demo, you have mentioned the one NDA role, uh, no, the NDA role, but mm -hmm. for a few times now. Um, I was just wondering, have you done some calculations on how much time do you have actually saved from your legal team? Uh, to be honest, that is something that I cannot tell, but I guarantee you I have. Uh, or we have saved a lot of lot of time there. <laughs> I you think, can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think kind of um, the initial reason for for all the all the um, 
all the kind of initiatives that we have taken on the on the kind of legal tech front is that uh, just two years ago I was the only lawyer uh, at at Futurist Group. Uh, we are a group of companies with some I don't know 600, 650 employees in five Ooh, different okay. jurisdictions. <laughs> so I I really just uh, had to find a way to survive my working day. <laughs> Sounds lovely, but actually that, I mean, I think lawyers will only see the benefits of technology when they're going to have to. Exactly. At the moment, we don't have, I mean, of course, we have lawyers who are interested in technology and who are willing to use it. But then again, we still have the dinosaurs, hello Mm. to everybody over 60 maybe, (laughs) who still want to do things the old way, but they will see the benefits when they actually have to. Yeah. And then probably it might be too late for them. Yeah. Talking about benefits, um, you said you can't really measure like or provide any data on how much time you saved with these new tools, but what kind of other positive outcomes or experiences have you had? I think actually the, the, the kind of best result of all this is that Again, I, I must emphasize the kind of collaboration between or, or, mm-hmm. the, or the connection between legal design and legal tech. I think the, the best result for us has been that people are not afraid of legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know they, 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 they see that it's not something um, legal and contracts and stuff like that. It's not something that only lawyers can do. It's, yeah. it's something wow. uh, that they are able to do. And of course, there are days and, and there are still we, we, we get a lot of those contracts that, that they, they don't understand. And, and then the legal have to take a uh, role in that. But they, they, they have realized that they can actually do quite a lot of by themselves, because at the end of the day, contract is I think it's more business than than legal. It's yeah. It's a formulation of, of your business case uh, in a way, or, or it should be. True. That is so <laughs> groundbreaking if you have made people to understand that legal and law is something that they should be able and they are able to do themselves. And it's, not, it's just not for lawyers. That's actually huge. It is. A, it's a big like a paradigm shift in people's thinking that actually mm. this is something that we are capable of tackling as well when it is done like this and we can take part in this. So yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we at Futurist actually we, we had kind of an organization uh, kind of remodeling, of course, as, as any organization. <laughs> we had mm-hmm. this uh, remodeling here and uh, I think uh, our legal team is nowadays considered, I, I think they say we are global enablers. So mm. we are ah, here to enable that the, the is so cool. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, Tem, you already mentioned something that um, a lot of legal tech ideas came because you needed to find mm. a way to work in different jurisdictions and you were the only lawyer. <laughs> up until two years ago yeah but um, how did you initially discover the problems that you wanted to solve with technology did you do you ideate within the legal team or do you ideate with everybody in futurize or how does it work 
yeah, two years ago when I was the legal team, it, it of course started in the legal <laughs> team. But no, <laughs> to be honest, I, I think it's also something where the, 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 the janitor mentality that I mentioned uh, in the beginning comes in. You have to be the ears at your office and, and kind of try to spy on your colleagues to find yeah. out where their where where their pain points are when it comes to to legal so uh, i actually suggest you to go and, and and grab a cup of coffee and 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 just sit in your office's coffee room to to find where to start your your own legal tech journey in a way because that at, at, the, at the end of the day as i said we are the enablers for the business but that's actually a great tip. Um, <clears throat> well, I work for the KPMG and mm. most of my clients are my KPMG colleagues. Mm. And sometimes you organize meetings and try to ask people like, how could I help you? And then for some reason, maybe I'm super scary or something. People tend to say nothing. Everything is fine. Mm. Everything is good. <laughs> but then when I sit next to someone and have some coffee or maybe a beer like after work, Mm. then all the ideas come they just need like a relaxed relaxed atmosphere or i don't know but like yeah in a meeting it's it seems to be impossible to ideate (laughs) yeah exactly i i think if i remember correctly the nda robot that i that i have mentioned a couple of times already it kind of um it was the discussions that we had at some point It, it wasn't someone coming to me to say that we really have to make something to the to the um, NDA kind of process or the NDA templates that we have but it was something that you know we just discussed something around you know client, yep. client project or something around the uh, around the coffee table and uh, and then during the discussion I kind of realized that that why is it so hard <laughs> and, and 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 it's not I wouldn't say it's my own idea, but it it kind of um, it kind of started to grow on that uh, coffee table discussion in a way, and and yeah. it, it it took a while. It it wasn't like hey we need an NDA robot, but it was an iterative process in a way. You know, <laughs> first working with the templates and then bringing in the technology and so on. And at some point we had the NDA robot. But that's a great example that you can take small steps and then mm. they build up to something quite exactly. large and super useful and it actually makes people's lives easier. Exactly. Yeah. And the importance of having these um, low-key coffee breaks with your colleagues that they can mm. turn out to something special. Exactly. Um, hey, Temo, does implementing technology have also changed the way your legal department is managed? Uh, for example, are you more data-driven and do you make decisions based on data? Uh, I, will, I will come back to the data part also, because, because the problem, I think, is also that, that when we discuss about data and data-driven business and data-driven legal department and so on, people easily lose uh, or get lost in the, in the kind of huge space of of big yeah. data in a way but, <laughs> exactly. but guess guess what is probably our most important tool for our legal team it is slack 
it is definitely Slack. Together with my calendar, uh, I think our own legal team's Slack channel is what I probably what I probably follow most actively throughout my day at work. So if someone said it's it's of course it's it's for um, our internal collaboration there. You know, there's our our legal team. So we're we're nowadays uh, two. Uh, two lawyers plus one part-time uh, trainee at our at, at our team. Uh, so of course we we have our own internal discussions there every now and then. But if someone sends us an email to our legal uh, email box, we get notified there on Slack. We can reply if if there is something easy to reply. We can reply those emails, assign those emails within our team, or if it was just some some kind of FYI email, we can mark it as closed there on Slack without ever opening our our email at the end of the day. And if oh, that's some, really nice. <laughs> if someone makes a new NDA with the with the NDA robot, or or if a new contract is signed. Uh, in, in one of our, or our own systems, uh, we get a notification on Slack. And each morning there is a summary of new contracts added to our electronic, uh, electronic contract archive. Uh, that, that is kind of a, when, when you have a morning coffee, you see kind of a mm, short summary of the previous day because you see the, the contracts that, that uh, were added to. That's really to nice. Effort. Yeah. Hmm. So the kind of the... Mm, the main point, and I think this relates to, to, to data and the kind of, I'm tr what I'm trying to say is to, um, to also make the idea of data-driven uh, legal team more approachable, because it's not about kind of empowering all the hidden data uh, in your contracts. It could be that, of course, but the main point is that that our our team, even though nowadays we have two lawyers and and the trainee, we would still never have the time to go through uh, every contract and document that, yeah. that kind of flies around here at Futurist. Instead, we have tried to make it as easy as possible for for everyone in our organization to put, for example, their contracts into this kind of magical pipeline there that they don't see, but <laughs> it is there. We still don't have time to read each of those in detail, of course, but with the help of all those kind of automatic notifications on our Slack channel, we are still always aware of what is actually happening in, in, in all of our companies. And, and that's actually, I think, that is kind of how we mostly today uh, take advantage of this kind of data uh, data-driven approach so it's it's actually very easy it's not anything kind of it's not ai to be honest it's very simple yeah. applications but it's still uh, a way to take advantage of the data that is already there to, yeah, to, exactly. to, to make our life easier and of course we have also started i must say it, we have also started to to eat our own dog food and and, and are now trying to to actually find some some of those insights in our in our contract yeah. mass with the help of machine learning. Of course, we do that, but but we're still taking just kind of a baby steps on 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 that that front. But but let, let's say still also the early kind of experiments on on that front is that mm, 
indeed it was more convincing to negotiate uh, the payment terms with one of our clients when we actually were able to show them almost kind of real-time statistics of all our payment terms in all of our contracts as a bar chart at the meeting where we were, ne we were negotiating the contract. So, even, so instead of having this very, uh, I know you're familiar with it, this, this kind of traditional discussion that we want this payment term, but this is a market <laughs> yeah. practice, but we have never seen this payment term in our contract. We always use this in our contracts <laughs> to actually show what is the real uh, kind of real case of our yeah. payment terms. And, and they were like, okay, this, this is actually a approach that we have never seen. And, and although we still think that this 90 year, uh, 90 year, 90 day payment <laughs> term is, is, is good and we should use it. We're actually quite con convinced that, that, that we are uh, trying to get a bit too long payment term here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been a lovely discussion, Teemu, and we have learned uh, many new things about implementation of legal tech. <clears throat> mm. So it's time for our last uh, concluding question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <you>. <laughs> How do you see the landscape of legal tech in general at the moment? Mm. What kind of legal related work are we really able to outsource to tech like AI and what it is still a dream or some sort of like utopia. We are not there yet. What is perhaps coming up next? Um, we, me and Hannah remember a few years ago, there was a lot of worry about robots overtaking mm -hmm. lawyers, but I um, assume <laughs> I'm <there's>... still waiting <laughs> for that. I yes. put my alarm clock on for a Monday morning. Yeah, but I guess there's still a way to go even to have the robots working along with the lawyers. Mm. But I, now it sounds like that there at Futurisa, it's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will come back to the robots uh, still, still uh, at, at my conclusion, perhaps. But I, I think um, my, my kind of message here is that, that um, today's lawyers, also at Futurist, still tend to do quite a lot of kind of repetitive administrative work and and that is really the low-hanging fruit that could and should be automated uh, really just show me the lawyer who loves to arrange the contract archive or review and and approve general ndas all day long instead of actually kind of using their brain to find uh, find uh, new ways to 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 um, or, or new great solutions to the problems uh, that we have in our society. Show me that. Show yeah. me that lawyer who who wants to instead uh, be <laughs> the janitor of the of the contract archive. So so I think you know there are there are a lot of those those long hanging fruits. You know, um, um, making processes automated where where there is no no kind of advantage that 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 a human could bring in and and that is what should be automated on the other hand i think legal professionals are needed when there are those very complicated problems that are just too 
hard to formulate for a computer. Computers are, at the end of the day, computers are quite stupid machines. Yeah. Uh, so, so there are those problems uh, where, where legal professionals are needed because the, the problems are so, so complex and, and multifaceted. But on the other hand, I think where a lawyer's touch is needed is also those, those many cases where there is a need for empathy hmm. uh, at the end of the day when you, you know sometimes as, a, as an in-house lawyer you you end up in in negotiations where where we where you have to go to very kind of personal matters in a way you yeah. know exits whatnot and and they might be big big matters for people and there you need empathy and and still today and in the future, I think a machine probably could not have the empathy that is needed in those cases. To to close my to close my kind of uh, contribution in this podcast, I I, I would like to uh, quote or, or or have the quote from one of my favorite quotes by by Simon Davies, who was the former president of the of the Law Society of England and Wales. And I heard this at, at Legal Geek Conference maybe four years ago or so. And I use it quite often. And I see the opportunity to share it here again with you and the listeners. And I, I think it, it puts this very much into, into the box that it should, uh, should be in. And it was like, if you think like a robot, you will probably be replaced by a robot. And if you work like a robot, you should be replaced by a robot. That's my message. And I think that's, that's <laughs> a great yes. way to put it. It really it is. It gives us something to think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Teemo, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And um, it was great to hear all your ideas and all the concrete work that you're already doing yes. at Futurist with Legal Tech. Very inspiring. Great. Thank you. And, and thank you, Henna and Nina, also for for hosting this podcast because I think we we we, we discussed also uh, kind of the, the the importance of of sharing our thoughts around was it legal tech or legal design? I think that's kind of a uh, different sides of of the coin in a way. So so big big thank you for for hosting this. This is a great great thing. Thank you for listening to Legal Design Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Precisely Contract Lifecycle Management Tool. Precisely has a special offer for Legal Design Podcast listeners. Go to precisellycontracts.com slash LDP and get a free assessment of the state of your contracting and tips on how to automate your contracts.